0: to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And that's the New Living Translation. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. But so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. Amen? Amen. Amen? So it is by faith. So the title of this message is, We Must Pray in Faith. I don't know if you've ever heard someone pray and they're not praying in faith. It's, it's kind of hard to listen to. And it's like, ah, we got to believe God. We got to trust God. Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he trusts God. He moved to a place and he didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusts God. And that is how you pray. You pray believing in God. You don't know. You can't figure it out with our humanness. I can't figure out how this thing's going to work out, but I trust God. However you want to do it, God, you do it. And verse 11 says, it was by faith. That even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. So Sarah was old. So with your natural mind, you would say, I can't have a baby. I'm not supposed to have a baby. So you start thinking with your mind, but God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to have faith. Allow him to fix it. You don't fix it. Allow him to do it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't pray Telling God what to do. That's right. That's right. You don't have enough sense to do that. Just give him the problem that's and right. say, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> and leave it at that. And leave it at that. Amen. So we're going to see in the scriptures how, throughout the scriptures, that's how they prayed. They never prayed telling God, well, God, do it this way. I want you to bless Phil, but I want you to bless him this way. I want a guy to come knock at his window at 5 <laughs> o'clock and then hand him the money. <laughs> <laughs> no we are not to be in control of God and when you start doing that guess what that is religion yeah, that is religion so religion wanted to say we don't want the Jesus that you have brought here we don't want a Jesus that goes to a manger like this no that's not what we want we don't want that no, we, we, don't, we don't want it like that so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they didn't want it. We don't want a package like that. But God was in control, not them. So you can't tell God what to do. I've said this so many times before. And that's like the Cain and Abel story. And I talked about that before. That is the first sign of religion with Cain and Abel. Amen. Cain was gonna say, Hey, this is how I'm gonna do my sacrifice. And God was like, No, I'm not, that's not the way I want you to do it. Abel, I'm pleased with yours. But Cain, no. But Cain became angry. He's like, no, I'm going to do it this way. I'm giving you some fruits and vegetables. No, I'm not asking for fruits and vegetables. I need a burnt offering. And Abel was able to do it. But he became angry. Because what? He wanted to give God what he wanted to give God. Not to be respectful and do what God tells us to do. And that's the way we're supposed to do it. We're to respect God and not to try to control God. So we must pray in faith. We must believe God when we pray. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. Amen. I can't say, I need you to touch my husband, remove this cancer, and it's, poof, it's gone. Yes. However you do it, God, you do it. Amen. If you want to work amen. through a surgeon, amen to that. Yes. If you want to work through whoever you want to work through, amen to that. But religion will get you in trouble. Because you will have, no, I need you to put some spit in a clay, put it on his eyes, and then it will be removed. No, you're putting God in a box. That's, right. That's something he did then. doesn't mean he won't do it again, but you can't put him in a box. That is our mind. And, and once we get out of that mindset that, no, we're not supposed to do that, you just tell God and you pray in faith. You don't pray in unbelief. Our prayers must not be filled with doubt and unbelief. Let's turn to Mark 9. Our prayers must not be filled with doubt and unbelief. You're not to pray like with doubt and unbelief when you're praying. Mark 9, chapter 9. We're going to start. start with um, verse 14 and this is mark 9 when they returned to the other disciples they saw a large crowd surrounding them and some of the teachers of religious law were arguing with them when the crowd saw Jesus they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him what is it that you're arguing about Jesus asked and one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said teacher I brought my son so you could heal him He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said unto them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this, has this been happening, Jesus asked of the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can Jesus asked. Nothing is impossible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Praise God. That's sincerity and that's honesty. So when you have unbelief inside of you, you just go to him and say, Listen, God, I need you to help me with this. Because this kid... It's foaming at the mouth, and look, I don't know if this can even be cured. Can you even help? They didn't have belief that he could do it. They didn't have faith. But the thing about it was that the father was honest, and that's what God wants us to be, to be honest about where we stand with him and what we feel inside of us. If you're having a problem with unbelief, then be honest with God and ask him to help with your unbelief. Ask Him to get you there, that you can understand that He can do all things. Amen? Amen. Don't pray in fear and worry. Pray in faith, believing that God hears you, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Spend time alone with God when you're dealing with fear and anxiety, which is the opposite of peace. It's the opposite of peace. The God of peace is coming to us to help us, But that spirit of anxiety and fear comes to stop us. So when you have that, go spend time with God so he can help you get that off of you. That is the enemy trying to stop you. That is what the enemy was doing to them when they watched before their eyes this kid that was foaming at the mouth. That seemed like something that no one could fix. That was a scary situation. They were all afraid. And then Jesus comes up and says, you faithless people, come on, have faith, guys, come on. Come on, have faith now. Know that I can do this. This is a small thing for me. Nothing, it's not too small for me to heal this kid. And so I love it, like I said, with the father because he speaks up and he says, I have unbelief. So it doesn't help us to pretend as if we're super Christians and that we got this super, you know, oh, we're in tune with God when you really are struggling. Amen. When something makes you afraid and you're afraid, be honest. Be honest and say, God, I'm afraid. I need your help with this. Let's turn to um, turn to Chronicles. And this is going to be 2 Chronicles. Because I, want, I want to show you, because if ever you're struggling on how to pray, there are so many prayers within the Bible that you see how people pray. They teach us in the Bible how to pray. So we're gonna—I'm not gonna read all of this, but if we go to Second Chronicles, um, the twentieth chapter. All right. So, and I'm gonna—I'm gonna jump around in, in the twentieth um, chapter. I'm not gonna read all of this, but I want to paint this picture. Like, Jehoshaphat is watching the news. Like, he's watching something on television. And and this is pretty much how I saw this when I'm reading this. Someone's coming to him, and they're giving him news that's not good news. So sometimes we get bad news, uh, earthquake, this is happening, this is this, that, you know. So what do you do when all that stuff just hits you? Well, it tells you here in the 20th chapter on how Jehoshaphat chapter 20. After this, the army of the Moanites, the Ammonites, and the Minunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came to Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. A vast army from Edom marching against you. So here's an army coming against him, a vast army. (laughs) Now you're talking Ammonites, Moabites, Mennonites, this is not just one group of people, a whole group of people are coming. And you can see this, let's say you this today, you know, you're watching it and you see it on Facebook. Oh, somebody's coming after you. You know, or something to let you know that they're coming after you. And then verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. He was terrified by the news. So sometimes news does terrify us. But what are we we supposed to do with that news? He begged the Lord for guidance. We're to go to God with that news. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's what? Help. So when you get that, that the enemy is, is putting news out there telling you this is going to happen to you, it's almost like, you know, when you were in school and the bully's going to beat you up at a certain time of the day, <laughs> you know, and you're like watching the clock like, oh man, oh man, what do I do at the end of school? Do I run? I mean, you know, you're getting this terrified news, but what are we supposed to do? He begged the Lord for guidance. That's what we do. I mean, and and fasting, you know? And the people of the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord for help. So we begin to seek God for help. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, the other part of this that that he goes through and he says his prayer, and I'm going to read his prayer to you, and it starts here in verse 6. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. So let me stop right here. So notice where his focus is at. Is his focus on the news? Is he talking about the amount of people that are coming after him? He's talking about God. He's putting his focus in the right place. Don't put your focus on the things on this earth. Put your focus on God. God is mightier than these things. So we cannot focus in on the things that are coming at us, but we put our focus on God. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple in honor your name. To honor your name, they said, whenever are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine. We can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Amen? Amen. So that's how you pray. That's how you pray. You don't pray to problem. You pray to the person who has the solution to the problem. You pray to God. You pray to God. And and you pray in humility, not in pride. Notice, Notice that in verse 18, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. He bowed low. He bowed low. He wasn't prideful. He humbled himself. And that's how I stands. That's how, that's how we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get in a position of humility that we're going to God knowing that we can't do this on our own. We need his help. We need him to, to intercede for us, to help us. We have to stay in peace, and we have to stay in humility. Peace and humility. Peace and humility. Stay humble and stay in peace. Philippians 4. Let's go there. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me, saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Amen. So let's go back up though, guys. It says, fix your thought on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. So fix your mind on what's on the news. Fix your mind on what someone said, the bad news that you received. Remember what Jehoshaphat did. He got bad news. They're coming. Armies are coming everywhere. What did he do? He focused in on the Lord. He talked about God and what God can do. He put God in remembrance of the the plan that they had for them as a people. Amen. Amen? So we have to learn how to pray in faith. We have to remain in faith. If you're having a problem, once again, with the unbelief and the anxiety, you spend time with God and he will help you with that. It's very important that we pray in faith. So, Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So, I'm one of those persons that, that, that do, I worry. <laughs> I'll be honest, God's going to help me with that. But a lot of times people will say, well, I'm a prayer warrior. No, you a warrior warrior. You just worry all the time and you say you're praying. But there's a difference because what we should be doing is praying in faith and not worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about it. Tell God what you need. He's telling us right here, just tell me what you need. And and that's how we do it. And then thank Him for all that He has done. Tell Him what you need, and then thank Him. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Amen? Amen? Don't worry. Don't worry, but trust. Back to understanding that religion wants to control God. Once once again, I must tell you that we don't tell God how and when we do things. And you have to understand that's when I talk about pride, being humble. Because when you realize that you're not that smart, human beings are not that smart to tell God what to do, you get an understanding. We should never tell God, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. Because in doing that, we box ourselves in. And, and you don't want to do that. Let your request be made known unto God. That is what we do. Um, don't pray the problem, reliving and re-saying the problem. You don't have to do that either. Know. You know? Um, let him know what's going on. Leave it at his foot. Just let him go. Leave it Leave it at the cross, as you've said, Phil, many times. <laughs> is your request to relieve relive the trauma over and over again no it's not it's for you to give it to god and once again like i said we have to let god be god and let god do things the way he wants things to be done even jesus had to do that Amen. even jesus decided you know look your will be done not my will be done Amen. so let's turn there matthew 6 have anxiety, you have worry, give it to God. Give it to Him. Get in a place of peace, the God of peace. Let Him guide you. That's what He's supposed to be there for us, to give us that peace. This peace that the world didn't give us, the world didn't give us this peace that we have, is truly from God. Matthew 6, we're going to start, and I'm going to use the New Living Translation, Matthew 6, I'm going to start at 9. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So, as I mentioned again, you can see the humility even in that prayer. And I think I did King James at the end. So, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth. So, it is God's will, not our will. Pride is telling God what to do. Religion says, make God do this for us and make God do that. But Jesus said, we're to follow the Father. Everything that the Father told me to do, I've done. It's a form of humility to just pray to the Father and trust Him. And let's turn to Matthew 26. So Matthew 26, we six, got to start at um, 36. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. And he became agonized in distress. He, and he told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Amen. Amen. I want your will to be done, not mine. Not his will. And he could have prayed that another will be done, but he wanted the Father's will to be done. Even though he knew he was going through all the suffering, he could have asked for it to be done a different way. Let's go to verse 20. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Go. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Amen. 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 Satan wanted Jesus to disobey the Father. He wanted him to disobey and to, to be more concerned about his needs and to be more concerned about himself than what the Father wanted him to do. But he, he, he stayed with the plan. He continued to do what God wanted him to do. He even became anguished and distressed. But he didn't stop. He, he still did what God wanted him to do regardless. He didn't switch it up. He didn't say, well, okay, let's, let's do it another way. No, we must remain in faith. We must do what God has told us to do. There's a scripture that says, you know, will I find such faith when I return? So going through stuff, like we've been going through so much, and it's like you want to talk to people, but you got to be really guarded because they're not in faith. Amen. And then it just pulls on you, and I'm like, oh, well, let me help you. <laughs> you're, now you're going through from the stuff I'm telling you, but you you have to be in faith, and you can tell when people are in faith and when they're not in faith. And, and let's turn here. Let's go to Luke 18. Because I want you to see that it's important that we remain in faith. It's important. That's what God wanted us to do. Faith, believing and trusting in his word, that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, that he will reward us. You've got to remain in faith. No matter what the situation or the circumstances, remain in faith. Amen? Amen. So Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to start, um, and I'm going to start at verse 1. So one day Jesus told his disciples a story on how they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in the dispute with my enemies. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who has faith? So for you to cry out to him continuously, you know what? You know he can do it. You you have faith. You don't stop talking to him because you know you're going to do it. You're going to hear my husband. You're going to do it. I'm not going to stop talking to you. You're going to save my unsaved loved ones. You're going to save them. So I'm not going to stop. But that's faith. That you continuously talk to God and you go to him and you let him know, God, I need you in this area. But guys, we got to remember, no anxiety. Get in a place of peace. If you have that, go to God. If you have unbelief, just like the story I read, he said, help me with my unbelief. Be honest with God. He already knows. He said the Father knows what you need of before you even ask anyway. But just spend that time with him. But always pray in faith. Pray in faith, not in doubt. Believing that God can answer the prayers that we give him. But don't pray through religion and trying to boss God. That's right. And trying to tell God how to do things. So many people have passed away. Um, you know, cancer treatment, they don't they don't want it this way. They want God to come down, touch me on my head, and then I'm gonna be healed. You don't tell God. You don't tell God. However God wants to do it. Amen. When Naaman was told, was it Naaman? Go dip in that that, that, that water. Yeah. Go, go He said, no, I'm not getting in that water. He said, okay. <laughs> if, if the prophet had told you to go in one of the nice, nice rivers, you would have done it. But however God tells us to do it, and he may not come the same way every time because it's God. That's right. So we just have to be obedient. We have to be obedient, and we have to be humble. It's pride. It is pride. It is the sin of pride that causes us to tell God what to do, how to do. No, we have to be humble. When Jehoshaphat knew he was being surrounded, he bowed himself low. He bowed himself. And all the people bowed themselves. And fasting is a way of humility. It's humbling yourself and saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. So God has equipped us. He has done all, you know, everything for us. But we have to stand in faith. We have to understand that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So if you're praying to him, you must believe that he is. You must believe that he's able to do the things that you're asking him to do. Don't pray the problem. Just pray to the Father. Lift up the Father. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks them. He rewards us. He is a good God. And just like Philippians says, and I go back to that I'm going to end with that, Philippians 4, where we were, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Tell him what you need, then thank him. (laughs) amen Amen. so with that that is it praise God God. a simple message one that we need to hear one that we need to to adhere to one that we need to to be diligent about when we're praying and how God wants us to pray and the position and the stance that he wants us to take Um, like I said I'm not saying life is easy I I, I, I know it's not but God has equipped us. He's equipped us with the Word of God, and in that Word we have examples. Jehoshaphat, Old Testament, New Testament. The young man with his son, possessed. It's all there, and what we do with it. We go through things, but we give God back. You know, we learn the Word of God, and He teaches us how to how to how to live on this earth in twenty twenty three. Amen. 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 So let me pray. And- <laughs> so, Lord God, I thank you right now for this word, Lord God. I pray that you seal this word, Lord God, in the hearts of your people, Lord God, and even in myself, Lord God. Let us not be in worry and anxiety, Lord God. But, Lord, let us trust you, Lord God. Let us humbly go come to you, Lord God, in prayer and in faith believing that you will reward us Lord God because you reward those who diligently seek you Lord God so we thank you right now God as your scripture says Lord God for all the many things you've already done for us we give you praise we give you glory and honor for that Lord God we know you are a mighty God we know you are the God of the universe Lord God we know that there's nothing too hard for you Lord God and God we just thank you right now Lord God for your mighty power Lord God for your ability to keep us Lord God to save us us, Lord God, to save our loved ones, Lord God, to bring us in the kingdom of God, Lord God, and take us out of the kingdom of darkness, Lord God. So I thank you right now, God, for all that you do and all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.